What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the LWE Podcast, a special edition of the LWE Podcast, as it is a WrestleMania edition, as we get ready for WrestleMania happening uh, this coming week as we are recording this today. Uh, we are just a few days away from the big event, which has now become a two-night event, which I might say is probably one of the best decisions that WWE has made because it gives the fans a chance to breathe a little bit, gives the fans a chance to really enjoy all of these matches that have been booked for this great weekend. And it is indeed a full weekend. But since it's a full weekend, since it's WrestleMania, I had to call in one of my big wrestling buddies, Mr. Daryl Dunn, to kind of help me talk about this year's card. We're going to break down all of the matches, talk about our favorite picks to win, best match candidates, worst cat match candidates, dark horse match candidates, all that good stuff. Daryl, what's up, brother? Hey, LWE. How are you, my longtime friend? I'm doing good, man. It's uh, I, I, I will say this. You know, I was generally excited for WrestleMania when we came out of the pandemic and they were able to have uh, people in person in Tampa uh, a year after it was basically filmed on site at the Performance Center. Um, so I was really enthusiastic about that card. Last year's card was good. It had, I think, night one probably was a better night of the two nights. Just had a lot more pop to it. Um, but this year, man, ever since the creative kind of change that took place midway through the year with Triple H coming on board, um, although a lot of people speculate that Vince McMahon is kind of back doing some help with some of this stuff, and, and we'll talk about some of that in a little bit. But uh, the the way these uh, these matches, some of these matches have come together has been the product of long-term booking, which is something we haven't really seen a lot of in the last few years when it's come to WrestleMania. It's usually been short period feuds that are kind of built up for the for the main main event or, or a short period short feud for a certain match but there are a lot of card a lot of card matches here that are really kind of the potential ending to some almost year-long storylines here absolutely i agree with you i mean top thing off my head is the bloodline story that thing had 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 just panned out to be probably one of the all-time best storylines that has come along in a long, long, long time. It just, you know, it's just, they, they built it and built it and built it with the Sami Zayn thing. And then now you take this next turn and everybody saw, everybody knew that the Sami Zayn thing was going to come to a head and that there was going to be, be a turning of the ways of sort. But now you've got Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens back together as a team, which if you know your history about those two guys, they have been they've been out there doing matches, tag teaming against each other and tearing it up together just as best friends for gosh, just years and years and years and years. So you're not looking at a new form team going against this seasoned veterans of the bloodline. You're looking at a couple of guys that are pretty much like brothers in their own right. And that was just a, is just exciting to me. Another one that's exciting me, um, honestly for me personally, is the uh, Ray and Dominic Mysterio match. Um, you, you've got another bloodline-type thing, if you will, with these two. And with Ray going into the Hall of Fame, um, it appears as though he's passing the torch on to Dominic. And it, it, it's time for Dominic to pick up that torch and uh, carve out his own niche after his dad retires. Yeah. I think those have been the two strongest storylines out of all the storylines that we've had in these matchups. 
Um, obviously, these are the stories that possibly could um, come to a head, come to an end. Although I do think there's a chance that the Mysterio thing might go on maybe a little bit more, um, give or take, since he is actually going into the Hall of Fame this weekend, um, which is a, a big honor for him. But I think they're going to find a way. This might be the first year that the Hall of Fame might actually play a true part in a storyline. I think we're going to have some kind of deal happen on the Hall of Fame ceremony night between Ray and Dom. Uh, I don't think – I think it's going to be uh, very done to be kind of out of the blue, kind of really shock people because they usually don't do that. Everything on the Hall of Fame night is pretty much straight up, um, you know, no scripts, no no, no TV, none, none of the things that we see week to week on Raw and SmackDown. Uh, I think there's going to be a little bit of a shakeup there, so it'll be interesting to see how that carries over. I do think the bloodline thing – uh, I don't think the overall story of the bloodline is going to end. I think the bloodline story is going to change and shift going forward. And it'll be interesting to see how WWE plays it. Um, a lot of people are not really sure. Roman Reigns is going to drop the belt to Cody Rhodes this uh, coming weekend. There's a lot of speculation that this, this could be played out a little bit longer, but with all the momentum that Cody Rhodes has with winning the Royal Rumble, with all of the TV time he's gotten, uh, it, it just seems like they're they're building him to a point where it would be crazy if they don't put it on him. So we'll get to that match uh, soon enough here. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about with these matches, and we talked about some of those storyline matches. So what we're going to do, um, we're going to ca- try to go through a little bit of the card as it is. Um, I'm not exactly sure. We haven't really gotten an official – uh, night one, night two uh, schedule cards as we relate to this. We do know a couple of matches when they're taking place. So uh, we're just going to kind of go around, but we're going to kind of start um, from least to maybe greatest desired of these matches here. And then we'll break down some things out. So first of all, with, e- with any WrestleMania, you want to try to get as many people, Daryl, on the card as you can, because everybody needs a cut of that big paycheck. It's the biggest paycheck. These, uh, wrestlers get every year so you got to try to get them on board somehow or another and one of the easiest ways to do that is with a battle royal and you get a 20-man battle royal the andre the giant memorial battle royal now in the past we've also had a women's battle royal but uh kind of glad that they did not do that this year they're already doing another women's showcase match which i think is pretty much all they need to do but we got the WrestleMania Royal, uh, a Battle Royal, which is the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Last year, it took place during the kickoff show. Got a feeling that it could be the same thing this year. I'm not sure. Um, got a lot of different guys in this one, uh, Daryl. I know you got a kind of chance to see this. This was kind of one of the last things that they put on the tap. Uh, you got some, you got some guys like uh, Gallows and Anderson that are going to be in here. You got Elias in here. You got Rick Boogs that's going to be in here. Um, you got Brodus Clay is going to be in here. You got you got a lot of uh, a lot of random guys here. There's two guys that I think probably for me stand out to be the favorites to win this. Number one, I would say might be Bobby Lashley, <laughs> because Bobby Lashley was set to have a match with Bray Wyatt, and Bray Wyatt again is doing Bray Wyatt things and just either sick or doesn't want to perform or doesn't want to be there or whatever the case is. He's he's nowhere to be found. They tried to set up this line, this 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 match with him and Bobby Lashley, uh, which was doomed to begin with. So it might have been the best thing to happen for Bobby Lashley not to even be involved. But I got to think Bobby Lashley would be the favorite to win this. The other guy I think that might win this and probably would make more sense 
given where they're at, given with the kind of mic time he's gotten, is my guy, L.A. Knight. Uh, yeah, I mean, this guy has been phenomenal on the mic. He's had a couple of bad losses here recently. But, man, uh, he should win it just for having to go through that match with Bray Wyatt that took place back at Royal Rumble. Absolutely. I agree with you. L.A. Knight, that dude is such a – and for those that haven't followed him, he is a very seasoned veteran. Uh, spent some time in TNA Impact as Eli Drake. Uh, spent some time in NXT. But the guy just got absolutely phenomenal might skills. He can he can just pour on the obnoxiousness and the arrogance and just make you just love to hate him. And that's what being a good heel is all about. Fans absolutely enjoy hating you. And not only that, but the guy's just got great ring skills. He's very savvy in the ring. He knows where he's at when he's in the ring. He knows what's going on. He knows how to work a match. So, on that, I think LA Knight could be a very good contender for that one. Now, granted, he's he's forty years old, so he's he doesn't have a lot of window left to really get a big push. But there has been a lot of, I know, circulation and talk amongst people on the internet, on the wrestling internet community, that uh, there is a chance he might get a little bit of push, maybe as soon as Money in the Bank. Um, just because of how he has gone over with the fans. And that's everything. When, you, when you're when you over with the fans, you're going to get something. You're going to get some kind of reward for that. Um, and I think him with the money in the bank possibility is really good. But I think it makes sense here. He's been talking about having an L.A. moment. You can't have an L.A. moment without L.A. night. It makes perfect sense for him to win this thing. Although I wouldn't be surprised if they, they give it to Bobby Lashley as a, uh, hey, buddy, we're sorry for the idea we had. Here you go. <laughs> Oh, I agree with you. I'm not exactly sure what's going on with the Bray Wyatt thing. If he's just, if he's being difficult or if he truly is, has an injury or something going on. But, you know, this, this, if you look back in the history, it's not really the first time that Bray Wyatt's kind of all of a sudden just kind of disappeared for a little bit from, from a pay-per-view scene and just kind of balked out on something. So time will tell. Yep. All right, and we're going to move on now to a couple of spotlight matches that they have added to uh, the show. Nothing really in consequence on the line here. Uh, maybe a, a potential number one contender shot or maybe a match on the, the Raw and SmackDown following uh, WrestleMania. But we've got a women's uh, showcase matchup here and a couple of tag teams in it. We've got Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez against Natalya and Shotzi against Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville and against Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. Now, interesting thing here, Ronda Rousey has been dealing with an injury, so she has not been wrestling on TV a lot. Uh, from what I understand, she should be good to go for this weekend. So it would make the most sense that they would go with Rousey and Baszler to over in this match here. That would be a wise decision because they, they, there can be a lot of speculation about uh, Rousey and Baszler. And Ronda Rousey wanted to get to the tag team scene and go for the tag title. She never really was big on being the uh, women's SmackDown champion this last go round. So between the two of them, um, and honestly, Baszler's the, a little more seasoned veteran on it and carries herself a little bit better. But Ronda still, Ronda still commands when she's in the ring. So I think this tag team thing could be a could be a good thing for them, and it could be a big boost and a little bit of a change persona wise. Hello, I lost you, Daryl. 
Uh, yeah, Lee, I've got to totally agree with you. I think the Baszler tag team is the direction that they should go in that fatal four-way. Um, Rousey, of course, if you remember this last time with um, the Women's SmackDown title, she was not exactly thrilled to be the champion. She said she'd rather do something uh, tag team-wise. So that's the direction that uh, they're obviously pushing for them. Shayna Baszler is 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 no newbie. She's a seasoned veteran and just an excellent worker herself. So I think between the two of them, this could be a great combination and um, be a little different twist for the women's division to have these two uh, former MMA uh, champions uh, going for a tag team belt with WWE. I think it's going to be a great idea. Well, you know, this women's tag team championship, when they first came up with it, it, it had some a little bit of excitement with it. Sasha and Bailey won it first. But really, it has never really developed into much of anything. It's it's really kind of been just more of a just more of a, a visual effect more than anything else. They, I mean, they really don't have with these with the women's division. You really just don't have women tag teams. In the men's division, you do. In the women, you just have girls that are thrown together. So there's really no continuity. Although I do think that EO and Dakota have been really good when they have had time to, to wrestle. But again, they haven't really been given a shot to defend it. And the one time they really defend it, they drop the titles to Becky and, and Lita. So, uh, yeah, this match, uh, this match has the potential to be a filler match here in between, uh, two good ones. So, uh, but I think Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler makes the most sense here. All right. The other spotlight matchup, the fatal four way tag team matchup. And this one actually, I think is going to be really good. Uh, if it's anything like the eight man tag we saw on Raw this week, you got Braun Strowman and Ricochet versus the Street Profits versus Alpha Academy versus the Viking Raiders. Now, I do think that there are two tag teams here, well, potentially three, but there's definitely two tag teams here that I think going forward in 2023, uh, we're going to see them split up, and that's the Street Profits and the Alpha Academy. They've been kind of teasing that a little bit, um, but these guys put on a heck of a match on Raw this past week, uh, eight-man tag team match. Um, Not really sure which way this could go, although I feel like it feels like on paper it should be the Viking Raiders uh, just because they've had some of that momentum and it would actually be a good heel tag team to kind of waiting in the wings for the next tag team championship run um, to, to challenge. So, you know, given how I feel like they're going to play things out with the unified titles, I think the Viking Raiders will be a good team to kind of keep building here. Uh, Braun Strowman and Ricochet got a lot of push with a little bit of a tournament a couple of weeks ago, saw a little bit of that at one of the live shows. Street Profits have been awesome, but Montez Ford, that guy's got to get a solo push. He's just too good. And then the Alpha Academy, man, Chad Gable. Every time Chad Gable's on TV, I smile. This guy is not only a great worker, he's hilarious. He's great on the mic. Uh, it's a shame that they cannot find some kind of way to get him some kind of title opportunity because he has just been gold. Uh, him and Otis looking like they're going to probably split up here too. So what are your thoughts on this one? Um, again, I'm going to have to agree with you on that. We're pretty much on the same page so far. Um, the Viking Raiders, that is what they do. They are a tag team. They've been wrestling together for a good bit of time. They are a, they are a legit solidified tag team and, uh, very well put together and work well together. Uh, Rick Shea and Strowman, they, they work decent together, but again, you had a case of two guys that were put together. Um, but you know, to me, I think the Viking Raiders, you look at them size and talent and style and just their persona-wise, I think that's the direction you need to go with this one. 
uh, Alpha Academy. Chad Gable is just, he's destined to be a single star, and he had the makings for it. To me, when I watch him, he is another Kurt Angle. He's got mic skills, he's got wrestling skills, and he will have you just rolling out of your seat laughing. He's just, the guy's genuinely funny. He really is. He's hysterical. But to me, I just, uh, I, I really think the Viking Raiders are the guys that we need to go with in this. Um, they, they've got too much to offer as champions, and just, uh, they, they have that persona of, of just being the tag team champions. Well, we move on to another match, and quite honestly, it kind of pains me to say it, but I think this is one of those matches, too, that's going to be a very quick filler kind of match because it really has had not a lot of great build to it. It was kind of something that thrown together. It really doesn't make any sense about why they're having it other than this is just something that feels like Vince McMahon got a little play in the booking of the card. We got Brock Lesnar versus Omos. Now, a lot of people feel like Brock Lesnar is fixing to be done with WWE. He's uh, he's basically done everything you can do. He's been the champion multiple times. He's had all these great matches with Reigns. Uh, he had that feud with Bobby Lashley, which kind of was so-so. Uh, there's really nobody else left for him to really do a lot of business with. Omos went from hardly being on TV at all over the course of four to five months to all of a sudden getting a coveted main event or well, not a main event, but a, a major match spot with Brock Lesnar, which did make a lot of sense to me. I, I think this match is going to be uh, very quick and to the point. And I almost, and I really see Brock Lesnar putting almost over here because I just don't think Brock Lesnar cares. Um, when they announced this match, Lee, uh, my, my first thought was, why? What's the point? Why? Why are we doing this? Why these two guys against each other? That—that that was really the only response I had for that. Was just why it made no sense. Uh, there had been no build up to it. It just—it—it—it it, it sounds like something. that's like we got to fill a spot, and hey, let's see if we can put this together. Maybe give Omos a push. Omos is a huge, good, gracious. I mean, he—he's over seven foot tall. And I think he weighed in at like 404, 407 pounds. Um, he he literally, and it's hard to do, he makes Brock Lesnar look very small. And Brock's no small guy. But I just, Brock, from what I watched uh, last night on Monday night, Brock just had this look like, okay, I'm here. Let's do this. Let, let, let's work this and let's be done with it. I think, I think Brock's probably, he, he, done all about all he can do and all that he really cares to do with WWE. So I think this may be, again, as you pointed out, this could be the hand of Vince in this because, um, because of the simple fact that it made no sense. Well, it, it's got, it's got all the feelings of uh, where you would normally put back in the, I guess the nineties and the two thousands, a undertaker match. Cause you used to have the undertaker versus Kamala or undertaker versus King Kong Bundy or undertaker versus, uh, you know, the giant, you know, the big giant Gonzalez. Uh, it just has that feeling. It's, it's just like out of all the matches on the card, really it just, it's the one that just makes the least sense. Omos got defeated by Braun Strowman at a pay-per-view that that was his last big push. So it's I like, remember that. It's like they kept him off TV, maybe in the hopes that people would forget that he lost that. I didn't. Uh, but I just don't think nobody cares about him because, again, is this the guy that you're going to push to have a 
feud with Cody Rhodes? No. This is a guy you're going to have to have a push with Roman Reigns? No. No, no sense. So, to me, it's a, it's a novelty act that really just doesn't have anything left to go. Now, I will say this. If they pushed it towards something, um, I think it would probably be better for him to be put on SmackDown than Raw. Um, but I just – I don't know. But I, I just think it's going to be a dud of a match. And, and I hate I it because I'm, I'm a big Brock Lesnar fan. I, feel, I still think he's got a lot of pop, and he is a big attraction <laughs> Another self, but uh, I think this—I think the writing's on the wall here for this one. Um, I definitely agree with you. This—this this may be with that, at the risk of sounding really tacky. This is probably going to be one of those matches where where folks go to take a quick break, either to, to grab another beverage or something to eat, or yeah. maybe stop at the restroom and then come back and go. Okay, good. That one's over. Moving on to the next one. Yep. All right, let's talk about this matchup. This is another women's matchup here. Women getting a lot of a lot of play here in this WrestleMania. You got a six man match between Damage Control, which is Bailey Dakota Kai and Eos Sky. They have been the kind of the main faction throughout WWE since back when they debuted at SummerSlam. When Bailey made her return, she brought in Dakota Kai. She brought in Eos Sky, two two females who had been let go, but Triple H brought them back. And then we see Becky Lynch, who uh, was injured for a better part of the year, second half of the year, but she came back, had a big performance at War Games. They've had this feud between her and Bailey, and they tried to have the one-off with the steel cage match. And then we then we see uh, Trish Lattis, Trish, Trish Stratus get involved, and then Lita and Becky Lynch win the women's tag team championship. So it kind of all comes to a head here. Uh, rumor has it that there is possibility of some kind of swerve here where either Trish and Lita turn on Becky or Trish turns on Becky here. Um, maybe some sort of deal. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, but I feel like damage control probably gets the win here because they have been the, the they have been the people that have worked. Uh, they have been the ones that have done the work here in the last part of the year as far as, far as all these uh, I think there's going to be some kind of swerve here. Hello? Yeah, Lee, I've got to agree with you on it. With damage control, you've got Eosky, Dakota Kai, Bailey. All each individual have individually great talent, and together – they can be something really great. They had a good start and great momentum going, and then it kind of fizzled a little bit, if you notice. They just kind of lost a little bit of relevance. It was like they were just going in a big circle. So I think this would be a good thing for them to win this match. This would probably get them get them back to where they need to be as far as relevance and, um, you know, give them a big push again. As far as the swerve, I could see I could see Lita swerve or uh, Trish Stratus swerving Lita and Becky, uh, I had even heard speculation that uh, Trish would swerve and join up with Damage Control, which could be that could add an interesting persona to the whole thing. So um, that's got some potential to be some good stuff right there. Yep, uh, should be an entertaining match, um, and again, one that um, we could see something change from it. Um, next matchup is a singles matchup, and I tell you, man. There might not be anybody who has had a better two-year period or so than Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins, to me, is it's, – it's really a shame, and I think this is really why 
WWE really need champions on two different shows if they continue to do a brand split because Seth Rollins, man, he, he has worked his butt off. He has, he has the fans. They tried to make him the goofy, goofy heel. And he took this crazy maniacal kind of mannerism thing into what he was doing. And then the fans just embraced his theme song and he embraced the fans. And it's kind of like, they just went with it regardless uh, but he, again, second year in a row where he really didn't have a ready set opponent last year. He got Cody Rhodes, who made his return, went on to face Cody Rhodes a couple of more times. Um, so now this year going in, he still he had a little run at the United States Championship. That that championship got elevated during Triple H's time here. Um, but he really didn't have a, a set opponent, and then they started the wheels in motion with Logan Paul comes in at the Royal Rumble, eliminates Rollins. They talk a lot of trash about each other, and they've had some moments inside the ring. Logan Paul has gotten the best of Rollins, and that leads us to this match, which could be uh, could be one of the dark horse matches of the night because, listen, Logan Paul has only wrestled, I think, four times uh, since signing with WWE, and, and, and the guy has, is phenomenal. Uh, his mat he had he had a tag team match last year with the Miz against the Mysterios. Um, he had the match against Miz, uh, which was at SummerSlam. He had an awesome match with Roman Reigns uh, down at uh, Crown Jewel, and then now he gets an opportunity to go in the ring with Seth Rollins. Which, you know, what what they can do and what they can come up with in this match uh, could be really interesting. But um, I gotta feel like. As much as I would think that they would probably let Logan Paul win this, I think you got to give Seth Rollins some momentum because I really see Seth Rollins jumping in, doing something with Cody Rhodes at some point because they got to go back to that angle at some point because Seth Rollins was the one who supposedly put Cody Rhodes out um, for good when he was out for six to eight months. So, uh I don't know how they'll get there, but I think that's where Seth Rollins needs to go. He definitely needs to have uh, a chance to be in a world title feud. But how do you see this one playing out? Um, I'm still stuck with Logan Paul and Ricochet on that spot at Royal Rumble. That absolutely was just mind-blowing to see the two of them come across that ring midair and just double clothesline each other. Logan Paul... I think has completely shocked and amazed everybody. Usually when you get a celebrity type that comes in, they've got some skills or maybe they're pretty much carried by a more seasoned wrestler. Logan Paul came in looking like, not just talking like it and acting like it, but looking like he knew what he's actually doing. The guy's got good natural skill and ability. He's good on a microphone if you've ever listened to him. Um, the guy, the guy's got superstar, uh, written all over him. They could do a lot with him. And I think between with him and Seth, Seth is an absolutely going to go down as a legend in the business. Um, Seth Rollins is just, he's embraced every persona and every angle they've thrown at him and he's run with it and always succeeded with it. He's just, Seth is a versatile guy in the ring on the mic with his skills and, you know, the different personas he's going through, he's just absolutely a, a one-of-a-kind, just legendary status-type guy. I think this match is going to go down really great. Um, 
Honestly, I believe Logan Paul is going to take this one uh, just because they're still trying to build Logan Paul. Seth has already established himself, and, um, you know, Seth doesn't need a big push right now because the folks are already around him, and Seth has already uh, he's already established himself, and he just he walks into the ring and the place goes crazy. Logan is, is getting there, so he just needs that extra bit of push and go. Um, I would like to see Seth Rollins pick back up with Cody Rhodes. I think that would be an absolute just – that would be championship status matches. Um, the cage match they had was absolutely unreal, and uh, those two worked together so well. But um, I definitely see Seth Rollins in championship uh, lineup again in the near future. I would love to see if Cody didn't take the belt from, um, from Roman – I would love to see Seth and Roman square up and, and watch Seth take it from him. Yeah, they kind of had a little bit of that uh, went into uh, the Royal Rumble last year. Um, and that was when Rollins was trying to be a little bit more in the villainous role. Uh, that was kind of a villain on villain at the time, which didn't really make a lot of sense, but they tried to use it for what it was because, quite honestly, they were just needing people to feed the Roman Reigns because he just went through everybody. Um, I think going forward beyond this match, I, I don't think this is the last match that they'll have. I think they might have one more match just to kind of have as a uh, uh, possibility to go to a rubber match at some point down the road. But uh, Logan Paul, to me, low-key, uh, would make a lot of sense for a Money in the Bank win, too, because here's the thing. You talk about the Money in the Bank, you win it, you have the opportunity to cash in, but do we really want to see the suitcase week in, week out, like we have so many times with so many people? People come out, fate like they're going to cash it in, not with Logan Paul. It would make sense to let him win it. It would make sense to let him win it, and then that way, he's not on TV every week. He's not at every pay per view, so it really would be a an element of surprise if he did show up to cash it in. Oh, I gotta agree with you. Um... All the past, pretty much the past Money in the Bank winners, week after week after week, here I come with my suitcase. They're either taunting somebody or threatening to to cash it in, and nothing happens, and, and it just it goes on and on and on until, until basically the, the Money in the Bank briefcase loses its significance and its value, per se, uh, by just repetitive nonsense with it. So it would be kind of cool to have it kind of – disappear per se with Logan Paul if Logan were to win money in the bank and he's off the air for a little while and then all of a sudden out of nowhere he happens to show up with the briefcase and cashes it in I like that idea I, li I like it a lot I think that would be a good angle to run with and really showcase uh, the money in the bank value as well as Logan Paul because if they decide to not split up the world championship and they keep it as one championship it would make all the more sense for um, if they're not going to have a regular wrestling champion on these TV shows to, to have a champion who is only going to wrestle part-time, then it makes all the sense in the world. They did it with Brock Lesnar. They've done it with Roman Reigns. Uh, it doesn't look like, you know, unless they change something up, it doesn't look like they're going to do anything different, although they have let Cody Rhodes wrestle a lot more than I thought they would here in the last couple of weeks. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, next match I got here is for the Raw Women's Championship. This is Bianca Belair versus Asuka. Really, all truly, 
this comes down to is this is just a matchup of two ladies who are phenomenal athletes, two ladies that really don't have any kind of established beef other than, you know, Asuka has kind of had this persona change since the Royal Rumble. She came back after being gone from with an injury. Um, Bianca Belair has had the title for a long time. Um, I think she's done a good job. I personally would like Bianca Belair to be more of a heel. I think I think her trying to be the fan favorite is a little bit – it just doesn't have a lot of genuineness to it. I think she would be better as kind of like a Charlotte-style heel, like how dare you disrespect me, how dare you look down on me, and just use that as kind of the running, the running thing. And, and, and Asuka, I mean, look, Asuka's not getting any younger either. I'm not sure exactly which way they want to go here. This one really is a toss-up to me. Um, I kind of feel like this would be better suited for Asuka to win because she is, you know, she's had that persona change. But, you know, she's not able to do promos. She's not able to really cut those mic deals that are able to carry storylines. So I really think this is just kind of a tough place to be in because they really don't have anybody else to put in these big main event spots right now. Um, so I'm, I'm going to probably go Bianca on this, but I would not be surprised if Oscar wins this because they need a little change of pace. Um, as much as I'd like to go with Bianca on this, I'm going to have to go with Oscar because, um, you know, as you pointed out, the persona change, she's gone back to that persona and that character that she was when she was in Japan that worked really well for her. And, um, to me, it makes, Absolutely zero sense to go through all that and have her off TV for a while and to have her change this whole character change and persona and this mysteriousness of her and, and just the bit of the, uh, the psychotic clown, if you will, persona and, and, and not give her the belt in this big match. Honestly, I think Bianca's been a great champion and a good fighting champion mad skills but i'm 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 of the impression that that's starting to run its course and um i think a heel turn because if most people uh remember that have kept up with her when she was in nxt bianca was actually a heel and a very good one a excellent heel she carried it well uh she 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 had that heel persona and was able to get over with the crowd and make them hate her and really, uh, really get heat on her a lot. So um, I think it's time for a, a little change there. But I'm going to go with Oscar on this one. Yep, definitely. This is going to be, uh, I think, a really good match. Uh, again, it just depends on where it's played. But these women matches, again, it's nothing against the women themselves. But where their matches are placed on the card, I think, is everything. Um, I always kind of like them to be in that number two spot, maybe, if not the number one spot, because the fans are so hype at the beginning of these shows. That's the best time to get that energy from them. And I think the women need a little pull from that energy sometimes. So I would not be surprised if this match is not an early one on the card uh, for we, uh, for the night that it's on. Um, I'm thinking it's probably going to be two. Uh, for this one. Um, next match we got is for the United States Championship, which, by the way, they've done a great job really elevating that championship, making it something just like they've done with the Intercontinental Championship. We've got Austin Theory, who's kind of been the guy uh, here lately. Um, you know, he was the guy that was picked by McMahon and was pushed by Vince McMahon. And then after Vince McMahon uh, left uh, WWE, 
Uh, theory kind of got thrown to the wolves and <laughs> just got abused and abandoned and everything. And it kind of gave him a little bit. He kind of dropped the whole thing with his cell phone and he come back with a little bit more aggressive attitude. And he really has done a good job. I think uh, his in ring is, it's nothing, it's, it's nothing to, you know, stop the presses about. He's a very, very good athlete. Um, his mic skills, I think are getting better. He's still a little bit too robotic for me. I think I need him to be a little bit more looser and more free speaking, but uh, he's got all the tools to be a, a great star for a long time. And that's what WWE really needs. They need more young stars. And I think that's why you bring in a John Cena here because they do kind of have a connection in their story. Theory talked about how he, he said when he was in independence, he's going to face John Cena one day. Um, there is a connection there. He looked up to John Cena. Um, I think this is a, a clear cut example of where John Cena comes back. He does the favor for the company and gives a rub to a young guy who needs a really big W going forward because I could see Austin Theory and Cody Rhodes being a great rivalry for the next remaining part of the year as well and really elevate him maybe up to a championship, uh, heavyweight championship possibility. So I think this is Austin Theory's match to uh, to win here. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with you on that one. Uh, if you if you really look at it, and, and, and from what a lot of people have said, people had done the comparison of Austin Theory to John Cena as far as personnel and persona-wise. Once again, John Cena did not come into the WWE as a fan favorite. He came in as a brash, young, obnoxious heel and uh, started out that way. And Austin Theory's got the making uh, of a champion, of a future champion, and, and a good long-term uh, moneymaker for WWE. He's uh, he's increasing on the mic skills, which, once again, Cena had to go through that same route of getting better and better on the mic skills. Um, theory skills in the ring. He's a great athlete, but he's honing those skills even more. Uh, they're giving him something good to work with, and I think working with Cena, uh, John, John's basically out of wrestling, He's back to do some favors, as you said, and to help out the company that really helped him boost his career and help him get to even where he is today outside of wrestling. So it's kind of a, you know, it's kind of a full circle thing where John's coming back and, and helping him out and help getting over Austin theory. Um, I would love to see an Austin theory, Seth Rollins feud. Again, I would love to see an Austin Cody Rhodes. Once Austin Theory has really honed himself, I could see him being pitted a, against just about any of your mainstay guys right now. Well, remember, he won Money in the Bank last year and basically did nothing with it. Uh, you know, just uh, – I don't know. It just – it just it got to be a little bit aggravating to see him with it every single week. And he come out, he come to NXT, he come to SmackDown, he, come to, he just come to all these places, and it just – it kind of got old. Um, so it did, and that was again that that was back when Vince was still in complete control. So I think the time away once Vince was gone, and now he's back and and Triple H is in creative control. Uh, Austin Theory's back. I think I think there's a little bit better working there, and uh, a little more wisdom, and and a little more, um, I guess you could say, a little more forethought into what's going on with the characters now. And uh, should be should be again. It should be pretty entertaining. This this is actually going to be the first match on night one, which I was kind of surprised. 
announce that. I figured like Rollins and Paul might be a good opening match, but uh, definitely that one's going to open up night one. So we'll see how it plays out. Um, here's another storyline that has been kind of going on for the majority of the year. Uh, the storyline between Edge and the Judgment Day and Finn Balor. Edge, who was the one who created the Judgment Day faction, only to allow Finn Balor to come in and kind of be ahead of that, which I would argue right now, maybe Dominic Mysterio is the face of that faction along with Rhea Ripley. But Finn Balor has been the figurehead. And I'm excited about this match, number one, because Edge is one of my favorite wrestlers. Edge against Finn Balor, take my money any day when they wrestle any other time. But now they're going to be in hell in the cell. And we've already got these teases, Daryl. Edge, the brood version of Edge against Finn Balor, the demon, the persona that we have not seen from him in a very, very long time. And if people who are listening to this have not seen a Finn Balor demon entrance, I can only imagine what it's going to be like on the scale of a WrestleMania and being that it's in hell in the cell. I think this match could be a, a low-key dark horse favorite to steal the night, whichever night it lands on. Um, I think this match will go to Edge because I do think that Edge is on the end of his comeback run. Um, he had said you know, last year that he had maybe a year or so left that he wanted to do this. Um, it could be the end for his story. And then it would maybe free up to reset Finn Balor and Judgment Day because I think they're probably going to get a move to SmackDown in some form or fashion going forward uh, with Rhea Ripley possibly winning the championship. So um, it's going to be a heck of a match. Heck of a match. Uh, I think Edge gets the win here. I've got to agree with you. And the words that I've been hearing, just from reading and listening, um, that there's possibly – uh, going to be an appearance by Gangrel since Edge is going in with this persona from the Brood, which is which is what pretty much first introduced him into WWE. He along with Christian and Gangrel were the Brood, so you know that would be a cool little spot there. But again, if you've never seen the Demon's entrance, it is it really is one of the most unique. And just incredibly just artistic entrances of any wrestler I've seen. It's just it's it takes on a life of its own and and Finn Bauer literally is a whole nother character, even within himself when he goes into demon mode. So this is this is gonna end up being really good. And I think because I think the demon needed to be in the hell of the cell match. Uh, to kind of balance out with Edge being in more of his brood persona. So this is going to be a good match. But, I, again, I think this is going towards Edge because I, I think Edge, is he's proved that he could come back and do it. He's come back from his injury, and he's proved that he's still got what it takes. So I think, you know, there there's really nothing left for, for Edge to prove. Um, he He's going to be a Hall of Famer. Uh, in the near future, uh, no two ways about it. Well, the only reason I think I could see Finn Balor winning this match is, again, if they really want to push the Judgment Day forward, you give all of them victories here. Because Damian Priest is technically the only one that's not wrestling now. He might be in – I don't know if he's in the 20-man battle royal or not, but he's the only one that doesn't have a match. 
But I could possibly see all three of them winning their respective matches. And if they have that momentum, and like I said, they take that momentum and say you switch them and put them on SmackDown uh, for the remainder of the year as a main faction over there, uh, wow. I mean, they could they could really have some some major, major push there. Uh, Finn Balor, Cody Rhodes, we got one match already between those two. That would be a good few. I mean, there's so many matchups for Cody Rhodes if he does go on to win the championship. Um, that I mean, they've got they've got a whole year worth years worth of matches for him if they really want to go there. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if I mean, as the demon character, Finn Balor has technically never lost. This so. is true. That that that's a point that we've got to factor in there. That Finn Balor, when he's when he's in the demon persona, he has never lost a match. So you know. We're going to find out in a few days where they're going to go with that. But I, I think that is going to be a definitely another dark horse match. It's just going to absolutely just blow everybody's mind. Yeah, I think they're going to probably – this is going to be the match that's going to have a lot of physicality to it. I think they're going to do some uh, – some, I think they're going to do some nasty things to each other in here in some form or fashion. I think this is going to have the potential to be really uh, – a really a show-stealer match here from these two. Speaking of another show-stealer possibility, back – uh, back at toward the end of the summer, it clashed at the castle over the great seas mm-hmm. in the month. Um, we had a great, great intercontinental matchup between Gunther and Sheamus, which, in my opinion, probably could be ranked as one of the top three matches of the year for WWE. Um, it was a physical, grueling, brutal match between those two guys. Phenomenal match, standing ovation from that crowd over there. It was a great pay per view. That 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 to me is still one of the best pay per views of the year for WWE. But now you're going to throw Drew McIntyre in, and now you got a triple threat match for this Intercontinental Championship. See, I think Gunther is the next big push for WWE. This is a guy that they have taken their time with. They have given him the Intercontinental Championship. He has been strong with the Intercontinental Championship. He has a ready-made faction with him, so it would serve purpose in the event of, let's say, the bloodline disappearing from TV for a while. Um, After WrestleMania, it would make sense to give Gunther that push, a Gunther Cody Rhodes possibility here. If you want to take the belt off of him, I can see that happening. Um, Drew McIntyre obviously has had some moments here in the past. Uh, Sheamus, though, is a guy that, you know, he's he had some moments here and there, but he's one of those guys that's on the back end of his career, too. And so I think giving him a chance to run with that intercontinental belt might not be a bad thing. What do you think? Um, I could definitely see Sheamus running with the intercontinental title. Uh, again, Sheamus has been doing this for a long time. Um, so, you know, he may be on the back end of his run as well as Drew McIntyre. Drew's been out there a lot longer than a lot of people realize that he's been out doing this. He, his first run with WWE, he was just a really, really young, uh, raw, uh, wrestler who, uh, had a lot of potential, but I could just, uh, as far as Gunther goes, uh, Gunther is going to be a mainstay in WWE, uh, his his job and his career in WWE is his to lose, if if that makes any sense. Um, it he he's got what it takes to to be a great champion, to be a great character with what he's running with. He's already got a built-in faction. 
And those guys are incredibly gifted wrestlers in their own too. Um, but I, I see this match either, either Gunther takes it and then they give him a world championship match or they take the belt off of Gunther and then they work him with, uh, say, once again, Cody Rhodes. Um, yeah, an, another opponent, Cody Rhodes. Cody and Gunther battled it out at the Royal Rumble as the last two guys, and what an incredible fight that was. Gunther has potential to be another another worthy opponent for Cody Rhodes. Um, Sheamus and Drew McIntyre, uh, both champions in their own right. They've both been world champions. They've been tag champions. Uh, you know, there's nothing that they haven't done. So this, this to me had the making of being just an all and out, just pure six brawl. Yeah. And I think with this match being a triple threat match, there's always the back out plan where you can let the champion lose without the champion getting beat, pinned, submitted, uh, Seamus getting a pinfall over Drew McIntyre or vice versa, uh, still keeps Gunther looking great, looking strong, even though he may lose the title, but he did not get pinned for the title that could set up a rematch and backlash for the title. Um, but nevertheless, I think this is a situation where Gunther is going to be a huge part of WWE's plan going forward next year. He's going to be the guy that's going to be a part of a main event picture. Maybe the push towards SummerSlam, that's where he kind of gets his push for. Uh, and again, he's got a ready-made faction uh, with uh, with the guys with him. So uh, again, uh, should be a great match. Uh, final women's match that we haven't talked about. This is the match that a lot of people think may be the main event for night one. I think it's going to be the Usos against Owens and Zane, but Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair came back after a long hiatus, took the belt off of Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey obviously was hurt. Ronda Rousey was dealing with some things, uh, but Charlotte Flair came back, took the title. Uh, and then Rhea Ripley, who really had a great performance. She's had a great year. She's been a part of the Judgment Day. She's been in a lot of the storyline uh, that they've been a part of. She's been a main figure and uh, a dominant force. Uh, I really think this is the person that WWE wants to put their straps onto and ride for a little while as the main champion. Uh, and I think this is a, a great opportunity to put her over uh, as she is not only the one that wins the Royal Rumble, but actually beats Charlotte. Remember, Asuka won the Royal Rumble a couple of years ago, had that undefeated streak, but then lost to Charlotte, which I think a lot of people kind of kind of questioned a little bit. But with Rhea Ripley, there's no mistake about it. She's ready. This will be the second time they fought at WrestleMania. I like Rhea Ripley here. Um, I'm going to have to go with you on that one. Um, if you remember back, I believe it was like two years ago, you had Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair in a match, except this time Charlotte was the heel and Rhea was the babyface. And Rhea was still uh, getting her footing and, 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 and figuring it out in WWE. Although Charlotte put her over well and they had a great match. The Rhea Ripley we're looking at this time at WrestleMania is a totally different person, different persona, different character, uh, totally different skill set. Rhea has come a long way and really improved herself uh, in ring skills and just character wise. And I think this is this is going to be Rhea's moment to really shine and to take that title from Charlotte Flair. As much as I like Charlotte, and you know, I mean, 
to to quote a Hank Williams Jr. song, Charlotte's just carrying on a family tradition. I mean, let's just let's call it what it is, and she's doing it well. Um, the promo she cut the other night on SmackDown was absolutely amazing when she when she borrowed her dad's phrase of diamonds are forever and so is charlotte flair uh to me that was just a a stepping up and, and finally taking complete control of that torch that her dad had carried for so many years but i think they've got some other things for charlotte to do and i think it's time for Rhea to uh shine as a champion and also boost the uh boost the stock of the judgment day yeah, I think the Judgment Day is going to get a lot, a lot of push. Here. They can get three big wins here at, at WrestleMania, uh, which Charlotte again, she's a, she's she's her she's starting to age a little bit, uh, still in great shape, still conditioned to to do a lot of things here. Um, I just don't know long term where they go beyond this because again, they just don't have a lot of options right now. Um, you know, they've got the Becky Lynch, Bailey kind of thing tied up. Bianca Asuka kind of feels like it's just it's kind of a filler for the in the meantime in between time kind of deal um it just I don't know it feels like they have some they have some depth issues with their women's division that are not going to get fixed overnight now they've got some girls in NXT that are coming up that I think have a lot of potential but they're not they're not close to being ready yet and so I just don't know how WWE can continue to I think WWE would be better served to have one women's champion here instead of two women's champion. I think it puts way more pressure on them to carry storylines throughout the year. Um, so we'll see what happens beyond this. I think I think we get another matchup between Charlotte and Rhea, maybe a little bit more of a stipulation kind of match uh, after this as a rematch. We'll see. But, yeah, I think Rhea's going to have the push here, and she's definitely had the best year out of, out of all the women so far. Uh, even I would say even beyond Bianca Belair. Um, got three more matches left that we got to knock out. And this one, of course, you talked about is one that you're really looking forward to. And that's the battle of the Mysterios, Ray Mysterio, who is going into the hall of fame this year as well. Um, much deserved overdue, but going in as an active wrestler kind of makes you wonder if he might be winding down his time, uh, to kind of get out of the way to let his son, uh, kind of take some run because I'm going to tell you now, there ain't nobody in WWE who's had more heat than Dominic Mysterio these last few weeks. These uh, promos that he's done, challenging his father, bashing his father, the one where he bashed his mom, and then he got raw last night. He said he wished he was Eddie Guerrero's son. I mean, the kid's been killing it. Uh, he may not have that main event match pedigree yet, but I tell you what, man, he's got everything else going for him right now because this this kid is never going to be a fan favorite anytime soon. This kid is on fire. And so him against Ray Mysterio, um, I almost feel like this is one of those scenarios where we could see this match carrying on for a little while, which is why it's going to kind of lead me to, to, to let Ray Mysterio get a win here because I think Dominic Mysterio is going to get his win, but he's got to have a little bit of a – more of a challenge to get over it. So the way I would book this match, Daryl, is I book Ray Mysterio getting the win over Dominic. Dominic maybe faking a little bit of sorrow and regret. He gives his dad a big hug. He raises his hand, and then he just nails him again and just beats him off. And then here's what I would do. 
I would end it with him pulling off Rey Mysterio's mask. That would be the way I booked the that WrestleMania match. And then you could set up something else for them as a follow-up match. Then that's the match where Dominic Mysterio, he's got the mental game now. He's he's unmasked his father. He's got the mental game now. And it just sets the stage for Rey Mysterio to kind of fade to black. And Dominic can move forward and, and, and maybe have his own run separate from his father. Wow. Um, I'm, I'm liking where you're going with that. I mean, if, if they if they ran that way, I mean, not like Dominic doesn't already have enough heat on him, but just from the from the lucha uh, tradition, for him to unmask his father would absolutely be the the that'd be a greater insult than insulting his dad, insulting his mom, or punching his dad to unmask a lucha. It's it just I, in, in Mexico, that's pretty much the unpardonable sin, if you will. Um, that That's just a no-no. However, if you remember back years ago in WCW, Ray was unmasked for a while wrestling. But I think most people have forgotten about that. And most people have forgotten probably what Ray even looked like at that point. But I think that would be a great angle with it. I think it's time for Dominic to really define himself as a character and to establish his own style. I think having him turn heel and go with the Judgment Day was a good thing for him because if you look at him size-wise and build-wise and, and just their framing, um, the things that that uh, Ray was able to do in the magnificent Lucha style that he always did was because he was a smaller guy and he was quick. He was small and he was quick and just very agile. Dominic's taller. He's got a little more, little more width to him, and he's just a different style of guy. And try while he tried to carry on some of his dad's style and everything, some of it just wasn't working in the same magnitude, if you will, or at the same speed and process that it was for Ray. So Dominic has been having to figure out his own style of doing things, and I think making him a heel had had been a big win for him for his character and and you know his style uh search and just his persona um long term because like i say dominic dominic and ray if you look at them in the ring they're two totally different guys two totally different styles uh two totally different physiques so what what was working for ray hasn't necessarily worked for dominic so this has been the time for Dominic not only to increase his mic skills and get over that way, but also to figure out um, his his in ring skills and figure out what's going to work for him. So I'm I'm gonna have to I say Ray wins it, but I definitely think that that the one two three is not going to be the end of that. I think there's going to be some more uh, some more salt thrown on the wound after the pin. Yeah, definitely. And I think the only other thing that would really make this match even more of a mental warfare is if he came out and wore like some Eddie Guerrero pants trunks with the flames down the side, kind of like what Eddie Guerrero wore back in the day. Um, I think that would add a little bit more stirring up, get him a little bit more heat and definitely would put him in a position where, again, you know, I think if, if if they hug or something at the end of the match, everybody's going to see what's going to happen. But if you do the mask thing, that's something that nobody would expect. And then that would also 
give him something else to really hold over his head. He's like, I took your heritage. I took your mask. He says, you have nothing now. You lost me. I'm going to take everything from you. And it would just build to, to maybe give him that one more opportunity to have another big match. Uh, and then Ray Mysterio puts his career on the line. And then there you go. Dominic goes over, he wins. And then that's the end of Ray's career. So, they haven't called me, Daryl, and asked me, but that's that's been my idea. The way they the way they've gotten this thing to go over the last few weeks, to me, this has been this has been the way you should do it. I mean, you you, you got the fans right where you want them, so let's let's go ahead and just really really Absolutely. stoke this thing. Is big. I think we need to call uh, Triple between now and then. Yeah, I think he needs to call me. Paul needs to give me a call. So, uh, all right, so we got two matches left. Um, obviously, these are two of the biggest matches. This is the biggest storyline. Uh, that has kind of culminated uh, for the whole year. Um, Sami Zayn, his story, the bloodline story, the story between the bloodline and Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, are they going to get back together? Will they get back together? This is kind of a scenario that I predicted that was going to happen, and they really have done a great job of piecing it together. We got the great match with Zayn and Roman Reigns um, up in Montreal. Listen, the Usos have been the longtime tag team champions. They're they've been wrestling. Hey, the Usos have been doing work on both shows. They've been wrestling a lot. Uh, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. That's been the 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 story. The reunion. Um, this will be their one and only tag team match against the Usos uh, officially uh, for this year. And I definitely think this match probably could have used to have some sort of stipulation with it, whether it be a street fight, no DQ match, unsanctioned match, some kind of thing that would build on the hatred. Uh, even just having a ladder match, uh, which so strangely enough, we've gotten to the point now where ladder matches in WrestleMania just don't coexist anymore, I guess because of money in the bank being its own pay-per-view. But, um, I see this being a match where definitely you see, you see Cody Rhodes, I mean, excuse me, see Kevin Owens and you see Sami Zayn getting a win here and giving them a chance to have championship uh, gold around their waist and it gives them a chance to be on TV together now and maybe gives them the chance to give another true tag team a rub down the road. Uh, I certainly think there'll be a rematch or two with the Usos here. The Uso, the, like I said, the Usos and Roman Reigns' storyline, I think it's going to take a shift. I don't think that storyline is going to be coming to an end here at WrestleMania, but I like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Oh, I definitely feel you on that one. Um, the the story with Sami being part of the bloodline, Sami, the bloodline owes a lot to Sami Zayn uh, for, for what he brought into that whole scenario. He just, Sami just had you just go into stitches. If you watched a lot of the stuff going on on a lot of their promos they would cut. It was all that the Usos and Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman could do to keep from just falling apart laughing and fighting and, and losing character. Because Sammy just Sammy's just a witty guy. Just great guy. Witty guy. But I I gotta say my favorites in this is Sammy Zane and Kevin Owens. Uh, to take the belts from the Usos. Maybe not long term, but definitely just to just to put the uh, you know the icing on the cake for for Sami Zayn and and him being the underdog and all of this and and the whole bloodline story uh, going on and then you got to wonder what's if that happens what's going to happen with the whole bloodline 
uh, storyline thing between Roman Reigns, the Usos, and of course you cannot leave out uh, Solo Sokoa. Something, something's in the mist there with that one, which we'll get to on the last match here. But um, I've got to go with Sammy and Kevin Owens on this one. It's just too much of a buildup for them, and it's just you know it it would be absolutely criminal not to not to let Sammy and Kevin win. Yeah, and I really think this could possibly be the last match of night one. I think it should be the last match of night one, but uh, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. But um, yeah, this this is going to have the fans. This is going to have a lot of moments in it. I think you're going to have a lot of near falls in this one. Uh, I think you're going to have some stuff happen outside the ring. I think there's going to be some brawling in the audience. Um, again, they should have put a stipulation on this match in some sort uh, to give it a little bit of extra sauce, but. Um, uh, that might be that might be something they're saving here uh, for for another rematch mm-hmm. post Mania, um, but yeah, it should be a great tag team match. One of the maybe the first time since WrestleMania one that a tag team match has been one of the featured main events of WrestleMania weekend. Think about that. The very first WrestleMania, you had Orndorff and Piper against Hogan and Mr. T. That was the main event. First time since WrestleMania one, we've had a tag team main event be one of the the headliners pretty pretty cool deal tells you how good the storyline has been all year um but leads us to our last match daryl uh roman reigns against cody rhodes undisputed wwe universal championship roman reigns almost a thousand days as the champion what a run he has had um but this is a match that still has a lot of questions around it a lot of people are not really sure that cody rhodes is going to win this match A lot of people think this is something that's going to carry on for a little bit. Uh, maybe Cody Rhodes has got to got to lose before he can really get over that hump. Um, do you just put Cody Rhodes over, even though he has all the momentum, even though he won the Royal Rumble? Do you put him over Roman Reigns right now, or do you milk this out just a little bit longer and try to get some more draw out of it? There's a lot of ways this thing could go here. Um, the way they have done things with Cody Rhodes being that he has been on TV so much, knowing that they need a champion to be on TV more than what it has been. I just don't, I don't see how you don't put it on Cody Rhodes, but I also feel like there's a chance they could let Roman Reigns keep it. What do you think? I, I've got to think that Cody's going to take this one after all this buildup, his injury that he went on on and the following the story of how, of his comeback from that pectoral injury and the buildup he's had, and the the promos that he has cut with Sami Zayn, with Paul Heyman, with Roman Reigns, have been absolutely just just downright, almost like a preacher preaching a sermon when Cody's cutting a promo. Um, and you know, and they've even brought his dad into it, and the his his rather shaky relationship with his dad, as far as um, you know, being estranged for a little bit. Um, I. I got to put it on Cody Lee. I've, I've, I've got to, I think they've come too far with this and too much of a build not to. And I think, you know, there's a lot of other things that are going on with the bloodline uh, thing going on. And as I mentioned, um, if for some reason they kept it on uh, Roman Reigns, um, I could either see a Roman and a rematch with Cody or a Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins. Uh, I could see, a Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa match, actually, because like I say, there there's just something 
Sokoa is it's kind of like that Arn Anderson of the Four Horsemen. He's that he's that enforcer, and he's that he's that one that's standing in the background with just the the menacing look all the time. And uh, but you know, I gotta wonder where where that's going with him and that storyline. So you know, and what what do you do with with Usos if they lose to to Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens? Then you know what what goes down between Roman and the Usos because you know that's a big thing about holding on to the belts. So there's a possibility that Roman could hold on to this and go into another rematch with Cody and just milk it out for a while. But I think with all the buildup that's gone on with this one, all that they poured into it, all the personal stuff that's gone into the promos and that they brought up, I've, I've got to go with Cody Rhodes on this one, buddy. Yeah. Uh, it, it, you know, they haven't had a guy who's been a face, who's been the face champion in a long time. Um, you know, Reigns beat Brock Lesnar. He was originally a face, and then they changed the script a little bit. Brock Lesnar became the face. Um, but they haven't really had a true babyface wrestler be the heavy champion for a very long time. And look, here's the deal with Cody Rhodes. They have a ton of money that's invested with him. He missed the better part of this year with that injury. Um they're looking to get a lot of return back on him. And listen, his merchandise sales right now are up there nearing the level as I've been seeing reports from a lot of the live events and the TV shows, his t-shirt sales, his autograph picture sales are right up there with what we've seen from John Cena in the past. And I think that he is the perfect face for the company going forward for the remainder of the year, at least getting you through to SummerSlam. Uh, and again, he gives you somebody who can be on TV, uh, if not one of the shows, both of the shows, at least one of the shows a week. I don't think he needs to wrestle every match every week. I, I think there there could be a week where he just does a promo or he's, he's something else, but he can be on TV, whereas Roman has obviously worked it into a deal where he doesn't have to do as much. And, you know, he may be looking to take some time off too and that would be opening it up for what they do with the bloodline storyline but a lot of possibilities a lot of roads they can travel uh daryl we're almost at the end of time here speaking of our time limit here we got a limit on this podcast we're going to try to wrap it up real quick but this is what we're going to do i want you to give me your i want you to give me your pick for match of the night i want you to give me your pick for worst match of the night and then i also want you to give me your pick for dark horse match of the night. Um, a lot of good possibilities here. I don't think there's really any bad answers here. Uh, I think there are some matches that stand out over others, but I'm going to throw it to you now. What's, give me a pick for your favorite best match of the weekend. The best match of the weekend for me, I'm going to say it's got to be the bloodline versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Okay. And then what do you got for your worst match? I think you and I both are going to agree on this one. Uh, Omos and Brock Lesnar. It, it goes back to that one question. Why? Yeah. Yep. It, 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 it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, it's going to be a squash of a squash. Um, all right. And then your dark horse match of the night. My dark horse is going to be the demon versus edge. I think some things are going to happen in that match that are totally completely unexpected. 
Yeah. I, I think that's a good call there. Um, that, that, I really think that match is going to be a show stealer. Um, all right. So here's my deal. My pick for favorite match of the night probably will be a little bit surprising, but I'm actually going to go with Seth Rollins and Logan Paul. I think that Rollins, again, everything, his entrance, I mean, they're probably going to be standing in the ring for 10 minutes while people are singing a song. So you got to figure that in. They're going to have a lot of time to work here. I think we see a really, really, really great matchup here. I think Seth Rollins gets the win, but I do think that this story might carry over to one more pay-per-view. So Logan Paul maybe gets a chance to get a W here. I think that that's going to be the match of the night. Um, The worst match of the night, actually, I think as bad as Brock Lesnar Omos on paper looks to be, I think we're going to have a couple of those like, Brock Lesnar Goldberg moments. I think Lesnar's going to get the big man up into a German. I think we may even see him get him an F5 because it's not like Brock Lesnar's going to get paid off his money and not get his stuff in. So <laughs> I think you're going to at least get that. That may be all you get and whatnot. Uh, but I think the worst match of the night is probably going to be the women's uh, spotlight matchup. I, just, I, I think this is going to be just a cluster mess. Uh, I don't think the fans are going to be into any of it. I think it's just a, a filler spot and unfortunate for the ladies here because they all work hard, um, but they're just not going to be – they're not going to be given a good spot on the card. They're going to be in between two really good matches probably. So that's going to be probably the worst match of the night for me. And then my Dark Horse match of the night, I'm going to say the Dark Horse match of the night is going to be the Mysterio match, Ray versus Dominic. I think – like I said, Dominic, he has a lot of heat with the fans. And, again, if, if the brain trust at WWE is smart and they, they tap into the LWE vibe uh, of how you can really carry this thing over, I think we see this going to be a Rey Mysterio puts his career on the line finish to this story because it would make sense. Who's going to be the guy that could put him out? It's going to be his son, right? It makes perfect sense. Have have the unmasking. Have him wear the Eddie Guerrero trunks. Do something. But I think they're going to put on a great match, too. And there's going to be a lot of emotion in this match with Ray being in the Hall of Fame. So I put that as my Dark Horse match of the night. Although there's several of the matches here that I'm really looking forward to. Again, Edge versus Finn Balor, I think it's going to be a show stealer. Uh, I, I think the tag team match, like you talked about, is going to be big. Um, I would be... Interested to see which one of the women's matches ends up being the best women's match of the night. Um, I kind of think it's going to end up being Bianca Belair and Asuka. And they really haven't had much of a story to their match. So lots to, lots to happen, Daryl. But, man, we're going we're gonna to enjoy watching it this weekend, man. we got the Hall of Fame on Friday night following SmackDown. We've got NXT standing delivered. It's going to be at 1 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. Man, it's my favorite wrestling weekend of the year, man. It's going to be good. Thank you so much for jumping in here, man, and talking with me about all these matches and stuff. And hopefully, some oh, folks. It's been my pleasure, my friend. Always good to sit with you and talk with you. Yeah, hopefully, a lot of people who follow wrestling will catch a wind of it, listen to it, and uh, they can agree to disagree with us on some stuff. But I believe we give them some good thought. We give some good promise here to what some things that could happen. So we'll see. But it's going to be a, it's going to be an amazing weekend. Two nights of WrestleMania, thirteen matches on on the schedule. Uh, and probably some surprises mixed in there as well. I would I wouldn't be shocked about that.
Uh, also, maybe even a little rumor that uh, Randy Orton, Randy Orton, that forgotten legendary superstar, Randy Orton, could be in L.A. this weekend. Could we see the return of Randy Orton show up in one of these affairs? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, but would love to see Randy Orton back on WWE TV here soon after battling a long injury. All right, Daryl, look forward to talking to you again soon, man. Appreciate it. Take care, man. Been a good. All right, folks, hope you've enjoyed this WrestleMania preview podcast here with LWE Lee Collins, Daryl Dunn. Hope you guys enjoy it. Talk to you soon. Have a great weekend.